Hey there, listener. Welcome to your anti-war ASMR with Drop the Mic Mondays, anchored by Shauna Foster and Natasha Erskine, co-directors of About Face, Veterans Against the War. I'm Shauna Foster, recording a little intro for you, podcast listener of our live show. And I just wanted to thank you for listening to us. And if you want to support us, please visit our store, our anti-war store, to get your anti-war gear and support our podcast. That's store.aboutfaceveterans.org, where you can get a Drop the Mic shirt, an About Face Veterans shirt, uh, Make Drag, Not War, and all other kinds of really awesome merchandise by going to store.aboutfaceveterans.org. Thank you so much for listening to Drop the Mic Mondays, this special introductory episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our first Drop the Mic Mondays and offering um, here at About Face Veterans Against the War. I'm Natasha, the organizing director, joined by my co-director, Shauna. Hi, everybody. I'm Shauna Foster, organizing director with About Face Veterans Against the War. And we're excited because this, um, you know, series really is a conversation centered around the military industrial complex. And so there's a lot that I understand that people are understanding as we're surviving this current pandemic. And um, there really is a desire for the people to see more, to receive more um, support in this moment. And so it is an absolute contradiction when we see in real time the, I don't know, the normalization, the um, truly ingrained, um, you know, the military defense, um, police, industrial complex that seeks to have the largest and bloated budgets um, that have all of the access to resources at their fingertips. Um, and while we see in real times our neighbors needing more um, in order to, to feed themselves, house themselves, and to be, you know, healthy. And so, again, just welcome for everyone that is joining us, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or watching us stream on Periscope, Twitter. We welcome you to this space. We will do this series in terms of seasons. So this is our season, you know, our you know first series of this season. I know, right? So, Donna, this was really a co, you know, labor of love and bringing us to this point, which is, you know, about face, you know, has had an evolution in terms of our name and who we've been over the decades dating back to 2004, really being informed from the, from, you know, the Vietnam veteran um, era and really pulling from you know, our experiences and wanting to show up in space and share the truth, right? Folks who have been directly involved in um, you know, US imperialism, um, whether it be here locally on US soil or abroad globally across the world and feel strongly that we are in a good position to share 
particularly at a local level, a grassroots level. Um, and so we can talk about what it looks like to build power, but also as we build power, we think about how important it is as, as we've evolved as an organization to also talk about the care that our communities need, how we talk about um, um, what we can do about that con collectively. And so Drop the Mic is really, you know, was born out of a, I believe it was an organizing summit in Detroit, Michigan, back in what, 2015? That's right. And really that was when we were Iraq veterans against the war. Um, you know, so through that evolution from 2004, from our founding to a 2015 summit, along the way we've done strategy sessions, which we're continuing to do now, right? But we've done strategy sessions to think about like what, where can we really position ourselves to make the largest impact? And while we are, you know, not monolith and we do various, you know, community engagement and work across the map, as we have members across the United States and, and globally, I think um, what we landed on was the military industrial complex, something that I've had experiences with while I was on active duty in the Air Force. Um, and Shauna, I know for you, I'm really interested in hearing you share a little bit about your experiences. You've been with the organization for- A long time, a, yeah. A minute. And so I'm curious to hear you share um, your perspective in the context for today's conversation. Thanks, Natasha. Yeah, um, you know, I just felt like this has been a long time coming, especially with the pandemic, to be able to talk to our allies and really our members about what are we doing with anti-war activism or what's the anti-war activism scene like these days? I think there's a lot of good podcasts out there with foreign policy analysis and that, um, you know, kind of goes over like, what, what we should be doing. But I, I wanted, you know, when we were thinking of this show, we were just like, there are so many people out there doing awesome things that we hear about all the time. And we want to put that out there and platform folks and elevate folks who are doing a lot of anti-war activism who reach out to our organization. And hey, Jason from Estonia, he was actually in Denver, uh, colonized name of Denver. I'm out here on Blackfeet Ute lands. Uh, and Jason was here as well, and now he's in Estonia. So that's one of our members worldwide. Jason, it's good to see you. So yeah, so Drop the Mic Mondays is supposed to be like a check-in conversational type of show between Natasha and I, where we talk about what's going on with experts um, who are working in the anti-war movement um, and uh, you know, uh, just kind of make sure that people know of, what, of what's going on out there. And this show is to introduce the organization, what this podcast is about. And it's different from the Demilitarize You. Demilitarize You uh, is another program that About Face does that's supposed to be like a standalone piece, political education of what, what is going on. Like we had a really fantastic one on Ukraine that broadcast live on February 26th. So go check that out. Hear from experts. Um, Brunko and Vladimir, uh, who uh, have family in Ukraine, lived in Ukraine, really break down all the different kinds of complicated topics on that. Uh, so please check check out the demilitarized use. We also talked about um, Afghanistan with the with the uh, United States finally pulling out and how they did it in such a way. I mean, anyway, go to the demilitarized use. That's where we talk about with people from 
who are the most affected by, of, of our current crisis is talking about really how do we understand this moment and what should we do to build solidarity. And drop the mic, I think, is more of just like casual conversation. This is what we're doing. Um, and so to give um, to talk a little bit more about our organization, since this is like the introduction episode um, that we hope people will review as introducing the organization. Um, I have been a member since 2006. Um, and about face formed at a VFP convention back in 2004, where there were uh, 10 veterans that got together and said, you know, we really want to take on the war machine and stop the war in Iraq in particular. And it's timely that we're talking about the beginnings of this organization, um, because this Sunday, March 20th, is the 19 years uh, since the Iraq invasion uh, began March 20th in 2003. And I remember watching uh, the United States invade Iraq from the barracks. Um, I went to Fort Leonard Wood uh, and I was in an advanced a uh, AIT combined basic training to be a nuclear biological chemical weapons specialist because I believed totally there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Um, that's what the administration was call talking about. That's what Colin Powell was talking about. And I was in Omaha, Nebraska, needed to go to college and wanted to help my country at the same time protect us from the same kinds of people who caused September 11th. And uh, so I totally believed in uh, the Iraq war at the beginning. And then I got to my unit, a national Nebraska National Guard unit, and we never deployed. We never went anywhere. And it was like 2006. And they were like, yeah, we want to change you all to be 88 mics. No more nuclear, biological, chemical. You're all going to be truck drivers now. And that's when I was like, there's something wrong. And I read this book by Thomas Ricks called Fiasco, um, which talked about how Colin Powell, well, the book says Colin Powell was set up. Bush administration had the intelligence, knew that Saddam Hussein never had those weapons of mass destruction. And then I was like, is this what I'm going to go kill people for, for something that doesn't really exist? I mean, this explains why we never got deployed as NBC soldiers, because they weren't there. Uh, so I joined this organization called Iraq Veterans Against the War, who helped me get out of the military and kind of speak truth to power about what was really going on and why the administration railroaded this war that the majority of the public did not want and wanted to undo. And we had some really great organizing moments. And uh, our three principles of unity when we got together was to end the wars, reparations for the people who are impacted and uh, heal the troops. And so we did uh, really great actions like Operation First Casualty. Uh, we had the Winter Soldier test testimonies. You can see these actions up on our YouTube. You can check them out for those really great interventions that we did. We marched on the DNC, got a promise from Obama to end the wars in 2008. But when he became president, he kind of just continued hype, the hyper-privatization of the wars and really transitioning it to drone wars instead. So we were still spending the same amount of money on the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. And we realized that our three points of unity were not going to serve us, that if we got what we wanted, like the wars immediately ended in Iraq and Afghanistan and reparations were paid to everyone who lived there for the destabilization, the violence and uh, you know the wars that we caused. And uh, if we got all of the healing for the troops, it would not stop the next war. It would not stop the constant warmongering that the United States uh, seems to be addicted to. 
that it seems to want to base a lot of our economy on. And you should tune in next week. We're going to have Stephanie from Brown's Cost of War Project. Brown University has this great project where they talk about how much money you spend into the economy on war and how that doesn't, it's actually not a sound financial decision. I remember reading like every dollar you spend on the military industrial complex gets you like 83 cents back. Every dollar you spend in the healthcare gets you $4 back into the economy. So it, it's not a smart investment. Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense on any point of it, but you could see like uh, the constant uh, warmongering and the control that the United States wants to have that spurts off new wars, that starts all of these things. And so we've come to today to really organizing veterans to build power against the military industrial complex. That's what the Drop the Mic campaign is all about. We also want to have care for our veterans. Um, and for people who are affected by war, like if you have read Miriam uh, Akaba's recent book about We Do This Till We Freed Us, she talks about um, another intellectual who says that care is the antidote to violence, right? So we do, we do community care um, and we build power. And uh, the third thing we do is kind of like harm reduction, right? So this is like where our counter recruitment kind of goes, where our activism against um, you know, uh, women who are assaulted or, or people uh, who are assaulted in the military, uh, trans activism, because, you know, we know that the military industrial complex is not going to be dropped tomorrow. And there are still people joining every day. And there are people in uniform who are suffering every day. And so if we can reduce the harm of people who are in the military, if we can make demands and, and, and win campaigns for people who are being harmed by the military, like the ecological disaster at Red Hill. Like, yeah, we want the military out of Hawaii, but until then, can we at least close down Red Hill that's leaking into people's uh, water, right? So these are the three main programmatic areas that we do work now at About Face. Uh, and we organize veterans because we believe that you are who you are organized by. And so we wanna make sure that veterans know that you know, the delusion or the delusion that they go through and thinking that they're going to be uh, people that are going to save the United States. They're going to be Captain America. They're going to do all these wonderful things. They're going to be a hero by joining the military, that they have a place to understand when that hero stuff does not work out, that they understand systemically how we got to where we are, where people are joining the military in the backdoor draft because it's the only opportunity they have or because they think they're doing something for the country realizing there's something wrong, but then being organized by other veterans who have said, yeah, we've been here before. Just like uh, we were Iraq veterans against the war and we were modeling our organizing off of Vietnam veterans against the war who uh, tried to do all that they could to get the Vietnam war to stop. Um, and so we're doing the same thing as Iraq veterans against the war, but then transitioned over to realizing that we needed to attack the root causes so that the war could not keep happening. And we wanted people to take an about face to turn around um, from war. Um, and the other thing I think the big transitional thing that we had in our organization is that we moved from a single issue peace organization where we're like, all we wanna do is end wars and that's it, that there's nothing else to really understanding how poverty and racism and militarism all move together to make sure that we are always at war, to make sure that we're always spending money on the military industrial complex. Uh, militarism was a, you know, a, a term that people, I think that entered the American rhetoric or lexicon with Martin Luther King Jr. speech beyond Vietnam. And he was talking about how the civil rights movement and the anti-war movement are the same liberation movement. 
that we need to come together to be able to get uh, freedom for all of our peoples. And so uh, that's and that's why he named the triplets of evil, poverty, racism and militarism. And so for me, I've talked about militarism as being the violent, enforceable end of oppression. Like when you when you see how uh, people, social movements rise up as at Standing Rock or uh, uh, for justice for Trayvon Martin as part of Black Lives Matter movement. When you see people rise up, it's not like the government's like, oh, we hear your concerns. Let's sit down and, and talk about this. No, they send the National Guard. They send people to further militarize communities. They don't really work with the way people have been disenfranchised. And it's because of militarism that they respond in such a way when people do their First Amendment rights of protesting. You see, people saw it at Occupy as well, where the police came and just totally uh, tried to control all those things. And so that's what we our, our organization shifted to, is really understanding how can we get at the root of militarism as, as having violence as an answer to societal problems. How can we move away from that and towards things like what we do with grassroots global justice towards a just transition? How can we get people who think that uh, the military is the only way for them to be able to get a leg up? How can we give them uh, a real jobs that will help renew our economy and renew society? So that's why you see us, um, you know, uh, about face working with so many other movements. Um, and other organizations, because we really feel like anti to be anti-militarist is also to be anti-colonial. It's to be anti-racist. It's to be pushing for a better way of being towards a just a just transition towards a regenerative economy. So those are those are some of the things that, that about face is about now. And it's not like you know, like I was saying before, that we're running around asking to join these different movements. It's like people coming to us and saying, hey. We're trying to speak our truth. We're trying to liberate our people and we're being violently rep repressed. The National Guard is coming out against us. The police armed to the teeth with military stuff is coming against us. We, we feel like we are uh, being put in a position where we're occupied, we're at war to be able to speak our truth, to make society better towards the principles and values that we all share. And we need your help because you all understand violence and understand how it was bad. And, and the way that the United States incorporates violence is bad. Yeah, Jason from Estonia talking about how he got into the military because of a poverty draft. We see that a lot with our members. Yeah, right on. I mean, you said a mouthful, um, Shauna. I just, I think this is why we should approach this conversation around um, the extension, the, the intersections really, right? And how, there's like no denial. And I'm excited about our, you know, upcoming pan, you know, speakers that we're going to have on because the idea is that this really is um, complex, but it truly is simple. So we're going to have conversation with folks who are researchers, activists, folks with first voice experiences, artists, um, and fellow veterans that you know, really are in uh, movement spaces to unpack um, this thing as we understand it as the military industrial complex with the intersections at policing, um, you know, over policing communities. And so one of the things that, you know, I'm really excited about is um, this series and hope that you all will join us each week is let's learn together in the ways 
that you are curious or are new to the conversation, let's lean in with questions um, and be curious around disagreement um, because I understand that we just have very um, understandings and might be, um, you know, benefit in some ways. So I'm excited for this space because I think it is a space to have some public education, to grow our understanding together. And then how can we work together to dismantle this thing? Shauna talked about building power. You know, I'm really understanding more about like, it's not just building power because we want to reform the current systems. We really should be having conversations around how do we, what does power actually truly look like? How much influence do we have on the, the tangible outcomes that people feel, right? And so when we're talking about an economy that doesn't, um, to the tune of $700 billion, invest in the Pentagon and the defense industry, overwhelmingly of which 60% or so goes to private corporations and doesn't benefit the troops and the military, like, you know, is often said in, in, in D.C., so, you know, when we, when we I mean, have- it's a, it's pushing our society to be yeah. a mercenary society. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so- I just want to interrupt you because I, I want you to share about yourself. You know, <laughs> I want you to share a little bit about your military history and, and how you came to about face. I got to talk forever. So you got, you got to do the same. Yeah. I mean, thanks for bringing that up because, um, you know, as I see this work is how do we, um, you know, already know and understand that we need to shift funding. But what does that look like? What does amassing power in this space look like? Um, and how can we be more united um, in the push for this? Um, Shauna mentioned Dr. King and his work. I mean, history tells us that that is when he became unpopular, right? When he understood the economic implications or need for the poor people in this country, um, but to see those funds, resources, and opportunities be exported um, in war, right? And so I'm sure that everyone who is on with us today understand that we are also a nation that has been for the majority of its existence at war. And we are indoctrinated as citizens to accept it. We see that currently happening in real time. Um, where I believe the most recent example that I can bring is, you know, the White House had a meeting with some of the top TikTok influencers um, to help prime them on what to share on their, you know, massive social media, uh, you know, TikTok being a, grow, a growing space where people get their political education. And so to know that, our, you know, the U.S. government is you know, tapping into young folks and what their responses should be is um, is a reason for us to want to be in this space to be educated together. I'm educated and I will say radicalized in this way, not because that's my history or how I was raised, but it was through 20 years on active duty. Um, and the, you know, not just, you know, as I was promoted ultimately to, you know, um, um, you know, a senior NCO is, you know, being closer to the truth. And the closer I got to it, the more, you know, I was just like, damn, I cannot believe, not that I cannot believe, but I started to really, you know, peel back every, a lot of, um, 
what I understood my participation meant. And so it was, you know, programs that I had participated in, whether it was being in a joint program around the MRAPs when there was the drawdown from Iraq to Afghanistan, um, you know, just being deployed to Kuwait in that space and really supporting both theaters um, primarily. And, you know, seeing, you know, those same MRAPs, you know, just a few short years later, roll down the streets in Ferguson and, you know, project um, hazard or chemical weapons onto the citizens who demanded justice for the murder of Mike Brown Jr. and so many others across the nation at that time, right? And so to that, that was the contradictions for me that was just becoming undeniable to um, pay attention to and, you know, felt less in, you know, felt less in line with um, being on active duty. And so one of the things that I think really, um, you know, really brought me full circle to, you know, really being a, you know, really wanting to be in this space where I can learn with other people, be in principal struggles with others who have experienced this is to see that, you know, military leadership just wasn't in a, you know, in a real position to, um, call this out, you know, and so the final point that I'll make before I end is where I saw, you know, colonels and generals will retire on a Friday and, you know, take a two week vacation. And then when they came back, you know, they were wearing a polo for you name the corporation and folks will still call them colonel or general and they will still get the same decorum, respect and be, you know, parts of, you know, just defining our mission based on their, you know, who they were. And so that is where, you know, I just really understood that the, you know, industrial complex was replacing traditional military. Apologies for my neighbor's puppy. <laughs> but, but my final thought, you know, just to close this thought, Shauna, is, you know, that's where I started realizing how much more, how much less resources were going to the military families, but were being exported to, you know, these um, corporations in real time on basis. Yeah, I mean, to, to emphasize your point, um, you know, with uh, Texas talking about how a third of their military folks um, are eligible for food stamps and apply for that. Um, it kind of echoes my own uh, history because I was born on an Air Force base and my dad was an E-1. My mom had to get out of the military because she was in Guam when she realized she was pregnant with me. And uh, they were in a trailer park uh, near Shaw Air Force Base because E-1s don't get housing. Are you kidding? Like that, that doesn't happen. Um, and so people think that, oh, when we spend the $700 billion, oh, it's going so that, you know, my uncle or my grandpa who survived Vietnam can get his treatments for Agent Orange. It's going to make sure that these kids get some kind of discipline and, and are able to go to college. And it's like, no, most of that money is lying in the pockets of Raytheon. And like you're saying, the big time, big title people who, who retire off their 20, get that pension from the military, and then they turn right back around for lobbying for those folks. I mean, it's a big club, but we're not in it, you know? And that's the thing. So, you know, the point of this, these, this series is that a lot of this, most of y'all know, we see across social media, um, you know, I talked about the moments that really you know, were my aha moments or at least moved me to to do something and be a part of a movement and organize with others who 
you know, for their reasons are in this space to, to build together, to share political, geopolitical education, because that's needed. We're seeing that here currently in real time, um, where we want to have, you know, conversations around, um, you know, what's currently happening abroad. And, you know, while Ukraine and Russia, you know, directly impacts one of our staff members, um, one of our board members, um, we also, you know, understand that there are, you know, what's not shown in, in, in mainstream media is folks who are under U.S. imperialism and threat and unsafety, um, uh, unsafe conditions right now in real time as well, right? Um, yeah, because I think what's... where I think that's where we want you know folks to join us in conversation. We have our chats open. I think that for you all to to give us some reflection, we want to like have a an active conversation in this space with folks. Um, because I think we can learn so much from just having open dialogue. Um, what were you going to sh um, share, Shauna? Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I want us to be talking about what's going on in the anti-world world. world what, you know, what are what are people doing? Like, there's Russia, Russians right now organizing protests, speaking out by thousands against this war and getting um, conscripted and getting arrested and are risking their lives and torture to be able to speak out against uh, against the war. But then you also have people in Crimea who are resisting to be uh, conscripted and deployed against Ukrainians. You have Ukraine um, doing their best to capture Russian soldiers and send them back to their moms. I mean, it's just like the amount of anti-war resistance that is going on with this war, I think is like the way out uh, of to be able to de-escalate and secure peace talks, not through a further escalation of like NATO coming in and then Russia escalating. And then, you know, cause that's kind of what brought the wars to this point of both uh, this jockeying of power rather than, you know, it's just amazing what anti-war activists around the world are doing um, in active areas of conflict. Like I know we're all talking about in Ukraine, but we also are doing a lot of work to help people in Afghanistan to get around uh, the sanctions like Biden taking $7 billion from the Taliban that didn't orchestrate September 11th. That was Al Qaeda. I don't know if people need a history lesson and giving it to the families of September 11th. It's like, what, what, how does that bring peace? How does, how is that justice? And also for the people of Iraq, but you know, the, I feel like Natasha, what you really bring is like the way war is going with the constant surveillance, the kinds of things that you saw in AFRICOM, the logistics of how we are monitoring and, and exerting our influence around the world for ways that make us a lot of money, but don't deliver a lot of justice or peace, right? And so that's why I'm so glad, like, I feel like, you know, uh, the stuff I did back in the day, I'm old now, like, no, nobody really seems to care about these weapons of mass destruction. I feel like, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. What matters now is kind of like, where's the future of war? It's a privatization, right? It's it's um, how we're turning into a mercenary society. It's We're also going to have a guest on in a couple of weeks, a member, Lisa Ling, who's going to talk about how we're moving from drones to the kill cloud and the future of warfare there, right? So I really want us to have a, just have the space with you who's watching this to be able to see what is going on and how can we be moving as a movement together. To your point, Natasha, that's why we want this to be a conversation. 
We want to hear from you about what, what are you doing to build power against the mic, uh, against the military industrial complex? How can we be together? Because I think if you, if you just consume your typical Twitter feed or mainstream media, you would think, oh, nobody's really doing nothing. But I feel like what the activists in Russia and Ukraine, for example, are doing are, are going to bring the war to a halt. Yeah. And I mean, to this moment, I think we've been on a um, we've been learning politically across social media. Um, I've lost count how many, you know, teach ins and study groups that have been happening in the post 9-11 era, at least in 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 my community. Right. And so. I think, you know, folks seeing what's happening currently, they're able to have more nuanced conversation because they've been, I mean, people are people are not, you know, just coming to the realizations of where they are right now. Um, and so I think as we, you know, like aim to learn and to grow in this movement around not just from an aspect of the military, but again, policing and to see that, you know, even in Chicago um, and LA and I believe New York, those police budgets, um, you know, two, three, four times fold, you know, any foreign military budget today, right? And so what does that threat look like? What, you know, what does that feel like? Um, And so, you know, many of you know, my neighbors and folks, you know, that I, you know, am in, you know, local struggle with, you know, understand what that feels like, you know, to see militarized police, you know, in communities that there's no discussion of what the disparity there is um, and how that financially impacts people, how that, you know, drives them out of their communities that they've been, you know, been in historically. So housing, you know, how, the militarization and policing of schools, you know, push out our young people on the school to prison nexus. Um, and so, you know, and all of the insecurities that, you know, that bankrupts, um, you know, our communities from a militarized police, we cannot, you know, ignore those intersections. And so I think, again, I just welcome folks who are joining us, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, is to engage with us each week. We are going to have a great lineup, as Shauna mentioned. Um, we would love for you to interact with us on the chat. If you're an About Face member, join, um, plan to join our national organizing call that happens on Wednesdays at 8 p.m., where we are going to, you know, continue to um, move our work forward by creating working groups where we can unpack um, political education together. Um, you know, creating think tanks or working groups, if you will, um, to grow this work and and make even stronger impacts both locally, globally, and to build power um, and take and reclaim power in ways that can impact people directly every day, right? And so as veterans, we don't center ourselves in this work. We really, and again, it's not just about dropping comments, but how can we work together? So we, you know, urge everyone who might be out there watching us today, to get in touch with us, um, you could either email us at staff at aboutfaceveterans.org or um, visit our web uh, our website, which is the same, um, aboutfaceveterans.org, and reach out to us. We have a speakers bureau. 
where if you're in a school, which is really important, you know, in these days where recruitment is seeing a benefit from the economics or, you know, just the economic uh, impacts of this pandemic. And so we see a lot of young folks committing to the military, not because they want to pick up, you know, a weapon to, you know, pay for college, but because of where we are, they're doing that. And so we really want to be able to have conversations with young folks, a balanced conversation that, you know, really does root from, you know, sharing our experience. And so again, I'm excited about this series and what it can be. I really want this to be um, an opportunity for us to join in, you know, struggle. And again, um, you know, really centering how we can, I'll just say this, if you're interested and you have a superpower and you want to share some work that you're doing in your community, please reach out to us. We would love to have you on the show, platform your work and see how we might, you know, have members in your area that can support you and share experiences and, and again, build together. Shauna, what say you? I know we have a few minutes before we want to maybe transition. This is our first show. We just wanted to introduce the work that we're doing and really invite folks to, to be with us every Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here. Um, Shauna, what, what, what's on your mind? That's right. Join us and drop the mic. Next week, we have Stephanie Saval from Brown University's Cost of War Project. After that, we're going to have whistleblower Lisa Ling live from the Network Warfare Conference in Berlin. And then after that, we're going to have uh, Andre Perez, uh, who is from Hawaii, organizing against Red Hill, and Ramon Miha from uh, Grassroots Global Justice. Uh, the anti-militarism organizer there. And then we'll wrap up this season with Aaron Hughes, a uh, big time, big artist, big deal guy now in Chicago who designed a lot of the uh, anti-war and activism uh, things with the Just Seeds in Chicago. And so, you know, just stay tuned. And if you have some activists, people who are doing anti-war stuff, let's get together. Let's share and promote each other about how we can break down the military industrial complex together. One call to action I have for you is get your own drop the mic shirt. We don't. Okay. So we don't really, that's right. We don't make money off of this stuff. Really? Like it's not something that, you know, Natasha and I are able to buy a new car with. Really, it's we just make these available so that you can see, uh, so that you can put that you're against the military industrial complex in your communities, in your neighborhoods, um, and really start the conversation, especially if you're talking to young people about joining the military. Bring this up. This shirt is a great, a great thing to have. So you can join, you can go to our anti-war store um, and we'll make that available for you. But like, I don't know. I feel like with podcasts, they always have somebody sponsoring them, right? It's like, um, this is just us and we sell shirts, um, but mainly we do anti-war activism and organizing. And thanks to all of our individual donors, which power the majority of our work to make it happen to end um, war profiteering as we know it. So thanks everybody for joining with us today, for watching this. Hopefully you got a good breakdown of my background, Natasha's background, and what this show is all about. You know, make your Mondays a whole lot better and a lot less militant by listening to us on Mondays with Drop the Mic Monday. Yay. Love it. Again, um, I think if you are, I'm dropping the link in the chat for you to be able to get your Drop the Mic gear. I was at a local grocer and a young person was like, hey, where can I get that shirt? And so I am happy that we are, you know, now providing this to our, you know, public supporters. Um, again, and if you support our work 
um, go to our website, aboutfaceveterans.org, um, invest in us. Um, if you are doing work in your local community, join us, um, reach out. And we would love to collaborate and see where we can have a conversation with you. And again, if you are an About Face member, I invite you to come out Wednesday, bring a member with you um, for a great discussion, moving us forward in our work around our primary pillars to build power, community care, and harm reduction. And we cannot do this without each one of you. Thank you for joining us. Be well, stay safe. We'll see you here next Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for joining us. Peace, y'all. You just got done listening to our very first podcast for Drop the Mic Mondays. I hope it makes your Mondays a lot less better and a whole lot less militant. If you like it, please like, share our podcast with friends you know so that we can get the anti-war message out there. Another great way to support the podcast is visiting our store where you can get your buttons and stickers with really great slogans like make drag, not war, anti-war messages like drop the mic. So please go visit our store at store.aboutfaceveterans.org and don't forget to leave us a like or feedback. We love to hear it and we love to keep recording this Drop the Mic Mondays podcast just for you.